welcome back to another episode of Voice of the Generation. I am your host, Imani, and joined with me today, I have... Taraya Highland. Welcome. <laughs> so who are you? Yeah. Well, first, I am Taraya Highland. Mm -hmm. I am a daughter of Jesus. I am a curious person driven um, to change things, to affect and impact the things that I belong to. Um, I'm driven by impact, mm -hmm. by community. Um, and I, I love the people that I'm around um, and just am committed to making the world better. Wow. So um, today we're going to be talking about legacy. And mm -hmm. I think that I've known you since high school and I believe that you're building a legacy for yourself. But I'm sure that it didn't necessarily start that way. So how did what do you do? You said you're a change agent. What did you do to start your legacy? Yeah. Um. I feel like I wasn't always aware that legacy was something that you do as you live. Um, and I, I wasn't really aware of the legacy that I wanted to leave by as intentionally until probably my senior year of high school. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm a firm believer, believer that your legacy starts with your first breath. Um, but I feel like I started to be more intentional about my legacy and the, the imprint that I leave on the world my senior year of high school. And that started with... Um, the work that I was doing um, to drive change within my community, um, within education. Um, in high school, I started to advocate for a black student union. Um, and that movement turned to just a lot of equity work within education um, and just driving impact in the education space. Um, and from there, I just continued to be more intentional about the impact that I had, not only, not only on education, but um, just every space that I belong to. Mm -hmm. What does your legacy mean to you? Ooh, um, my legacy means it, it's an imprint of my walk on the world. Um, it, it stamps my presence even years and decades and centuries past from when um, I existed. It doesn't just show up in my professional life, but I want my legacy to also be um, the way that I live for Jesus, um, the way that I love Jesus. Um, and I want people to remember me for that and to see his light reflected off of my life um, when they see me. Um, I also want my legacy means to me um, the life that my grandkids, grandkids will live. I want um, my legacy to be reflected in them. I don't I want generational wealth um, and, and joy. And I want um, to break a lot of generational curses. Um, and I really believe that I was like put on this world to be like a curse breaker within my family, within my bloodline. And I think my legacy will reflect that as well. Wow, you're so powerful. I Thank love you. you. I love you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> so with power comes tunnel vision because you have to stay focused. Mm -hmm. um, can you take me like, how are you staying tunnel vision right now? Yeah. Honestly, it's hard. Like, it's hard. Um, and I, I feel like a lot of people especially for leaders, like they put leaders on such a high pedestal that they don't recognize that at first we're humans. Mm. Um, and honestly, I'll be completely transparent. Like it is really hard sometimes for me to stay tunnel vision, to stay focused. Um, and I think recently I've been in this space where I'm trying to like get back on track and get back focused. Um, Cause I honestly had a hard um, spring semester um, and leaving out of my sophomore year. And I, after that semester, I was like, I need to just detach from work, from everybody. And I, I went on a sabbatical for an entire month. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like, since that sabbatical, it's been really hard for me to, like, get back, like, into, 
you know, the groove of things and into back into my pace of things in a healthy way and not in a way that's going to burn myself out. So I've been really trying to identify like healthier and sustainable habits for myself to like stay focused and to sustain that focus. Um, But what is what I'm learning works for me um, is having goals, setting goals and not only just like big goals, but like measurable short term goals as well so that I have things to celebrate Mm -hmm. because I feel like it's also easy to like lose sight of um, what you're aiming towards when you see like, dag, this is so far to even get. And so that's something I'm learning that is essential for myself um, is to just make small milestones for myself that I can celebrate and continue to like refuel myself and to celebrate myself um, and also remind myself to not like lean on the applause of other people oh, um, because we're not doing it. While a lot of this work is for the betterment of other people, it's yes. not for like we're not doing it for people. We're doing yes. it for our own personal missions, our own personal goals. Mm-hmm. And so I'm learning that it's it's really essential for me to to like not live for the applause of other people because that will literally kill you like <laughs> and burn you yes. out and just it will be bad. So um, that's a big one for me. And also just to be disciplined, like I, I need to like get like more disciplined. And I think it also starts with consistency for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and to just have like a routine that I like just non-negotiables for myself and being able to like identify them. And I think they evolve over time as you like transition to new phases and new seasons. But just to have your non-negotiables and to be disciplined and consistent with them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I'm trying to build and practice. But it's, it's, a, it's a journey. For sure. Um, it's something that I'm still trying to work through, um, especially, like I said, like to get back on track because I like honestly just checked out this summer. Um, Sometimes and you need that. You need, yeah, it's essential. But yeah, so I'm, I'm like entering this next school year. I'm like, OK, it's time to really lock in mm-hmm. and get focused. Yeah. But yeah, those are things. Have you ever had like a fear of being present? Present? Yeah, because sometimes when you're building your legacy, it's easy to be like, I want to be this in the future. It's so far, like, what you see is so far away from you that it's like, I'm going to keep working to get there. Yeah. But I find myself sometimes struggling to be present. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm literally walking in a prayer that I had five years ago. My younger self would be in awe that I'm here right now, but I can't necessarily enjoy the moment because I'm just thinking about what I need to do to get to the next big thing. Yeah. Do you ever find yourself there? Mm. I feel like I I don't know if I necessarily fear it it may be like that may be the core but I do find myself struggling to be present um, because I feel like I'm always trying to grow into something or become something but it's like becoming is an active act um, and it's like you like you said you're living in some of the things that you prayed for or to be and it's essential to like be present with where you are. And I feel like a lot of that was struggling to accept who I was and just finding myself always trying to to um, remove myself or to just to find a way around accepting who I was in the present moment and just find something to strive for and aim for. And I feel like that's the real work is just being able to accept who you show up as now um, and to really be okay with that person and version of yourself. I mean, that's something that I was... I necessarily like afraid of or um, just struggled with accepting. Um, but now it's like 
reminding myself to be present um, and to accept where I am now. Because if you keep continuing to strive for the future or be stuck in the future, that's how you. Bur- that's how I burned myself out because mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily looking around and looking at all the things that God has already done for me and like being like, wow, God, you did do that. Like I prayed for this and I'm here, but yet I'm still trying to get to the next, but I didn't realize that I'm here. And that's something I was honestly really convicted about. It's just constantly like, asking for more things but it's like i just did this for you like are you even ready for that like girl like be grateful for what you're in now sit in that because next thing you know like this is you're gonna get to your next and then be chasing a next after that and chasing a next after that and god is just he just reminds me to just be still and just like be okay with where you are now um the next is gonna come eventually but be okay with where you are now why do you think you struggled with accepting insecurity um, but I think at the root of it was probably just insecurity and me not being completely happy with who God had created me to be um, and the version of myself that I was and showed up as. I think that was a big piece of it. Um, I was just unhappy with myself. And honestly, transparently, when I was younger, um, I hated myself. Like I did not I was not OK with who I was. Um, and honestly, hated every aspect of myself and it reflected in my leadership. It reflected um, and the places and the things that I had responsibility to um, and the things that I was ultimately called to. Um, and it, I don't think it was until that I said yes to God that I really had to do a lot of work with myself um, and falling back in love with myself because um, I think God was just revealing to me that like you need to be okay with who you are and who I created you to be to really do what I've called you to do mm-hmm. in a way. Where did that self-hate stem from, do you think? I don't know. I, I, I think when I'm I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, yeah. but I have to interrupt okay. you. So yeah. when you say you you hated yourself, mm-hmm. are you saying you hate like in your girlhood you hated aspects of yourself or you did not like your entire being? I, I don't I really think I didn't like I didn't like my entire being. Was like, that a spirit of comparison? I think that was, you know, a piece of it. Um and just like I remember like, and I think also a lot of factors play into it as well. Like when I was younger, I would get bullied. I was very, I was very timid, very shy. Like I would, I would not talk. It would, it would be a lot to get me to like talk. Um, And honestly, like I felt like I was, I I didn't have a space in the world. I didn't feel like I was needed in the world. Um, You know, being a dark skinned chocolate little (laughs) black girl, um, especially in a lot of the predominantly white settings that I was in, I didn't see myself. And so I thought that the solution was trying to um, like trying to be a part of spaces that necessarily weren't designed for me and it made me more insecure. Um, And so I think that just it just continued to build that insecurity and then ultimately turn to self-hate. But I think comparison was a big piece of it and just wanting to be like other people and not even knowing why, not even knowing (laughs) what they had really that I didn't have and not also recognizing what I had and what God had already marked over my life. And, um, just, yeah, I, I just wasn't ready to accept who he had created me to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it stemmed from when I was younger. Um, and then I think empowerment was a big piece of my journey from mentors, big sisters or whatever. Um, and them empowering me to, you know, really walk in, you know, who I was, I really continue to heal my relationship with myself mm-hmm. and of course God. So when you were evolving into the newer version of you, like what in your head said in order to 
be a person of influence, I have to do X, Y, and Z to get there. And was that journey a challenge? Yeah. And it's still a journey that I'm on. Like, I don't have it all yet. And that's Mm -hmm. something I'm learning to give myself grace with, too. Um, But I think God is a big piece of it. As I continue to grow in my faith and in my my walk with him, I continue to grow in my confidence with myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And a prayer that I found myself praying a lot um, was just, Lord, help me to see myself in your image. Um, and help me to see myself how you see me. Um, and I just looked up one day and the things that I didn't like about myself, I'm like, whoa, like, I don't know why I never mm-hmm. not like this about myself. Um, and it wasn't just physical things either. It would literally just be my personality, who I was. Um, and just constantly praying to God, like, Lord, like, I want to be used um, for your glory. I want to be used and um, I want to just reflect you. Um, but this insecurity has to go like it's a stronghold mm-hmm. over me. Um, and honestly, like it made me just so timid. And I I, I would never be confident like speaking or, you know, speaking on the, the stages that I ultimately am able to speak on um, because of God. But I feel like at the root of it, I had to be more confident in myself um, and be more accepting of myself because as a leader, like you have to show up authentically. Um, and I, I wasn't ready to do that. And so I think God had to help me with my relationship with self to be more sure and confident in who I was to show up as a more effective and efficient leader, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That transition from, like, feeling unseen to being seen is, is I thought it was challenging. Like, yeah, it feels like almost you you feel like. This doesn't sound like the most humble statement, but it's like you're a celebrity. like, mm, And yeah. people just look up to you. Yeah, yeah. And you know you don't have it all together, but mm-hmm. people look at you like you have it all together. Like, yeah. what did you do in that moment? Yeah. I feel like for me, it honestly happened just so fast. Like, it happened out of nowhere. And, like, I still don't think, like, I'm seeing, like... I don't. I don't think I'm a celebrity or anything. Of no, that absolutely. Sort. But I do think I, I, we like we hold a certain influence just mm-hmm. in the spaces that we're in, and I feel like it kind of happened. Just happened, and I was like, "Whoa! Like, why? Like, what is happening?" Mm-hmm. And um, I found myself starting to walk in pride, um, and to let it get to my head. And I didn't really take on a posture of prayer necessarily mm-hmm. throughout any of it. And so I had to like check myself, um, and like remind myself that like Lord, like if your hand isn't in this, like remove it, like remove anything that is not like you from this. Um, and also for him to like, keep me like, like keep humility within me. Um, and to keep me like not prideful because honestly, like I grew prideful in a way, um, because it's easy to, when so many people are praising you and acknowledging you, um, and just giving you so much validation through it. And it's easy to like start seek, like seeking that validation or being fed by that validation Mm -hmm. or fueled by that validation. And Mm so, I had to remind myself, like, girl, like, without this, like, you are still um, a woman of God and you still have purpose on this earth. And this does not define you. This does not make you. And that was, like, essential for me because, like you said, it's a culture shock going from feeling unseen to suddenly, like, oh, my God, so many eyes are on me. So many Mm -hmm. people are watching and needing, you know, to hear the things that I have to say. Um, And that was, like, a big one for me. Um, It's just having that posture of prayer 
Um, but also community too. I, I think community was really essential for me and like that journey and just having, you know, sisters like you or like, you know, community of people that, you know, are doing similar things that I'm doing that, you know, I could discuss, you know, with or yeah. mentors was really essential for my journey um, and becoming um, to like just pour into me and like to be safe spaces for me when I felt like I don't know what to do with this. I don't like this space that I'm in or I, I just don't know how to navigate it. Um, and to be able to be raw with them and not like keep up a facade too. Mm -hmm. And I think it also took, cause I reached a space in my journey where like it just all stopped for a period of time. And I was really confused. I'm like, God, like, why did you bring me here? And mm -hmm. then just take it all away so fast. And I think that was essential for me too, mm -hmm. to make me realize, to allow me to realize like what it was that I had mm -hmm. um, and to accept it more um, and to value it more and to not take it for granted because I feel like because, you know, the speaking engagements were coming in so fast, the, just all the things that I was doing was just happening so much and so frequently. Um, it, it just became like, okay, like I just got comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. And I think God had to take it away so I could value it more um, and value the space that I was in and to handle it with more care. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Have you ever like found yourself um, struggling to receive a compliment like people always tell me you have a voice you do this you do that and like granted it's really nice to hear that but sometimes I find myself struggling to accept it because it's like I can do more yeah yeah that's good I that also like played into like me being more accepting of like myself and building in my confidence because I still and honestly like when all these things are not things that I completely have yet it's all things that I'm still growing in and I I struggled so much with being able to accept com compliments. I'll be the person that like deflect compliments or like <laughs> hurry up and throw a yes. compliment back and just like, oh my God, like stop. Yeah, but that. I'm learning like, it's okay. Like allow people mm -hmm. to love you and give you your flowers. Like it's your choice to take them and to receive them. I mean, it's essential too, but that's something that I definitely struggled with. Um, and it's just like learning to just like value yourself. Like you deserve it. Like you are doing such magnificent things and people value that. And it's okay to receive the love that they're pouring into you mm -hmm. because there are times where you won't receive any at all. Um, and it's like with or without it, will you still continue to like do this work? Yeah. And that's a big question that I ask myself consistently. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. With or without it, would you still do this work? Yeah. If you had acknowledgement, would you still do this work? Mm -hmm. If nobody acknowledged what you were doing, would you still do this work? Yeah. It's a deep question. Yeah. And it's an essential one. Um, to ask to to get the real genuine people. Yes, in it. and yeah. um, <laughs> I always say like, if you don't get paid, would you still do it? Yeah, not not oh. asking you, but oh, like, oh. <laughs> I always that's how I ask myself before anything. Yeah. Like, if I didn't get paid to do this, would I still do it? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's because I feel like when you're getting paid, it's easy to say yes mm -hmm. over saying no, but. When you're not getting paid, it's it's a slower yes. Mm. You got to think first. Yeah. And yeah. But yeah. um, all the work that you're doing is ultimately your legacy. Like somebody is leaning on you. Mm -hmm. um, somebody is looking at your audaciousness mm -hmm. um, to expand a gift that they already have. And one day I was like, is legacy overrated? Because most, um, who was it? There was a celebrity that passed. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Everybody seemed like they were mourning with the family, but like seven days later, they went back to normal. Yeah. And I felt like that's true for a lot of people. Um, will our legacy ultimately matter or is it just overrated? Is that an overrated concept? 
I don't think it's overrated. I think I, I, I really do think legacy matters. Um, and it may show up in subtle ways, but I feel like and legacy can be as simple as the things that people remember of you or mm-hmm. the things that people think of or when they think of you. Um, I think that's a big piece of what legacy is. It doesn't have to be a, a monument. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be a statue that's made and represents you. Um, but it's just the impact that you've had on the world. And it may not always be things that you can tangibly see, but what you mm-hmm. can feel. Um, and I, that's a big one for me. And I, I think we've already left our legacy. I think, of course, I want to impact more, but I, I would kind of be fulfilled in the event that, like, God forbid that, like, you know, mm-hmm. I drop dead in this moment. Oh, my God. God forbid. God forbid. Please. I would be happy with, like, yes. the impact that I've already had in the spaces that I've been in. And not necessarily that the entire world will know my name or remember my name, but some people will. And I think that's enough for me that I've been able to impact one life or impart into one life. That's essential for me. Um, but I do want to, like, and I, at the end of the day, I feel like, for us as Christians and followers of Jesus, our legacy is um, spreading the gospel. Um, and the fact that, you know, we're able to do that, that's legacy enough. Um, and, you know, that's enough for his glory and his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And that with all the work that I do and what my legacy, I want it to be reflective of the Lord's doing um, mm-hmm. in my life. Whether if I ever have kids, I want that to be reflected in my kids or the work that I continue to do. Um, but no, I don't think legacy is overrated. Um, I feel like people may make the scale of legacy more than what it needs to be, but I don't think it's overrated. overrated. Yeah. yeah. How, how about you? I I don't think it's overrated. Yeah. I, I mean, I have mixed feelings about it. Like, I think how people make it seem is overrated, mm. but I don't. I think the idea of legacy is important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you leave people with values mm. that don't necessarily have the same values as you? Mm. I feel like it's just standing firm in my own values Mm -hmm. because people, what I learned is honestly just from other people Um, because I wasn't always as, um, I didn't always walk the way I walked or talk the way I talked, especially as it pertained to like my walk with God. And a lot of who I am has been affected by, affected by the people in my life and the way that they have lived. For example, I have a really good friend and she just had her non-negotiables and she never forced me to live how she lived or talk how she talked or be how she was. But the way that she lived, consist- it was consistent. And she didn't change it for anyone around her, even if they agreed or didn't agree. Um, and that, like, inspired me more than anything. Um, because it's just like, wow, like, what, what, what is that? Like, mm-hmm. what is that? And I was curious um, to, to see more. And as I continued to ask questions and to just see her life um, and how she lived for God... Um, so consistently um, that was big Um, and I feel like that's you know work in itself is just being consistent with how you show up Um, and it eventually influence and affect the people that's around you you don't have to like bat it in their heads but Mm -hmm. I feel like just showing up um, and standing firm in who you are and the things that you value it'll eventually reflect on the people that you're around Mm -hmm. yeah that's real um how do you go from I feel like there's levels of leadership but there's also levels of like living Mm. like you go from okay to good to great then the goal is to go from great to unstoppable from unstoppable to relentless Mm. where do you feel like you're at right now Mm. on the scale of great to greatness 
on the or, scale of okay to relentless. Okay. <laughs> um. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I feel like I'm in such like a building era. Like I don't I don't I really don't think like I've reached like this greatness era. Like I I feel like I'm still building. Um, and honestly, I'm still like exploring and figuring out like what that even looks like for me and in my life. Because I'm sure like a lot of the things that I do on a day to day basis are definitely going to evolve. Um, a lot of what my work looks like is going to evolve. Um, and yeah, I feel like I'm in just such a building era. So maybe I'm in the middle or I'm 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 I'm, I'm on the, the still on the like beginning stages of that scale because I'm 20 years old. So there's right. a lot of building to still do. Um, and I'm still figuring out and exploring myself and learning myself and falling in love with myself um, and the things that I do. So, yeah, I feel like I'm in the building era. I'm still building and figuring out and exploring. Um, but it's it's okay. And I'm I'm accepting the growing pains and the growing season. Because that's honestly something that I, I struggled to accept. It was like, like you got you to gotta have early beginnings like this is all a part of the story and there's a lot of growing pains with that but when you begin to accept it and just trust the process like a lot just flows smoothly from there Mm -hmm. if that answers what are some growing pains that you're accepting right now um not knowing honestly Mm -hmm. um not knowing my next and accepting that um and just being able to surrender my plans to god that's something that i'm growing in entirely um because i feel like as a baby Christian, I just thought like I was just going to be in the driver's seat of everything and in control of my life and just, you know, was God was going to do what I told him to do and that was going to be that. But I learned quickly that's not how he operates at all. Um, and to just like surrender um, at all to his will and his plans for my life. And that's something I'm still growing through and learning how to do. Um, and it's a lot of growing pains associated with that because a lot of it is just walking blindly and just keeping prayer at the root, staying rooted in the word and just trusting that God got you. Cause he does like, he got you. He's not going to just let you like, just let you fall and not pick you back up. Like every time I've fallen, he's picked me right back up and welcomed me back with open arms, wiped and dried every tear. And so that's something that I'm still growing through is just learning how to like submit to his plans and to his will. Um, and yeah, it's hard to sometimes just not knowing um, and walking blindly. Um, and I feel like I'm walking blindly in this season because I don't really know like what's next for me after college or even next year. Like I don't <laughs> know what's next for me. Um, so it's just walking blindly and trusting like that God has me. Um, and that's something that I'm like, experiencing right now because it's 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 hard work to do um but just to like learn to be okay with it like be okay with it like he got you you've mentioned god a lot in this yeah you know our little conversation and i take it that you are a woman of strong faith Mm -hmm. why do you trust god oh why do i trust god um because i learned that without him there is no me and I feel like because God has made himself clear in my life already, I have no other choice but to trust him. Um, for example, like me choosing to attend Howard. I, I go to Howard, by the way. Um, I'm a rising <laughs> junior. I didn't really like talk about that. <laughs> I realized that, yeah. I'm a rising junior at Howard. And me choosing to attend Howard was literally like a faith decision 
in like in its entirety. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how I was gonna pay. I I don't come from like a rich background or anything of that sort. So I didn't I didn't know how I was gonna pay for school. Um, and I, I, I didn't know who was going to pay. I didn't know anything. Um, and I turned down like full ride offers to go to Howard um, because I just had like a strong feeling. But at the time, like I, I didn't charge it to the fact that it was the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and God speaking to me about making a decision to go to Howard. But I just was like, I, I just have a really strong feeling about this. And eventually I started to like pray more about it. Um, and I started to charge it to the fact that like God, like he's going to provide. And that was honestly like my first exercise of like practicing faith like real faith like just trusting him um and i'm I'm, he's sustained me he's given me more than enough like to um you know pursue my education has provided provided for me in ways that like are just mind-blowing um and just like has just blown my mind with the ways that he has shown up for me consistently um and so it's it's just become clear that like the only answer is to trust him um, to have faith in him and being a Christian, like it's about having faith and trusting um in Jesus and trusting um and who he and and the the being that he is um over our lives and over this world. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I wouldn't be a woman of God if I didn't trust him. Um yeah, and have faith in him. Wow. So how do you like stay away from hustle culture versus like the soft life mm. because i feel like yeah everybody's about this soft life now i'm gonna say i'm not really about this soft life but really? i'm also not hustle culture why are you not like i'm not hustle culture because hustle culture says you can never rest if you never rest you can never rejuvenate if you never rejuvenate you'll always you'll stay stagnant mm-hmm. but soft life is like when i think about it it's like okay i'm prioritizing rest but i don't think you should also be in a place of rest for too long because mm. that also leads you to stagnance yeah so yeah where are you are you hustle culture soft life <laughs> yeah Which, who are you <laughs> i don't know if i found the balance yet okay. like i really don't know if i found the balance because like i told you like i literally burned myself out like this last school year where like spring semester it was like i was crawling to the finish line no i thought that i burned myself out so much and it was hustle culture like i was in so many leadership positions on campus. I was working. I was, you know, having a full course load. Um, it was just a lot. Like, it was so much. Um, and I honestly felt like for a while, like, it was just hustle for me. Like, hustle, hustle, hustle. Like, I didn't, like, have any work-life balance at all. Mm-hmm. It led to me burning out. And it, it took me to get to that point where I was like, okay, now I need to, like, recharge. But then I also, like, went to the extreme with that. Like, it was no, like, middle ground for me. Like, I took a whole month off of everything, like, disconnected from the world and just, like, did nothing. And then after that, it's like, okay, I, I haven't yet figured out how to, like, find the balance between both because I feel like I'm still in that, like, do like, I was working over the summer, but it was remote. And so it was still easy for me to, like, be, like, soft life and just, like, you know, not do anything. And so now I feel like I'm trying to figure out like the balance between hustling and going after the things that, you know, I want, but also still finding the balance between like self-care and self-love and loving on myself. So I feel like the answer is balance in between both. Um, Mm -hmm. But have I figured out the answer to it yet? No, but I feel like a lot of it is just like discipline and having like routine for me like what i'm learning a goal that i have for this semester is like be consistent with a hobby 
cooking has been one that I've like been picking up. Cooking? Yes, I've been like, what? Yes, I've been, I've been feeling cooking. Like, and it's like so nice. Like, and it also like helps me like with romanticizing my life. Like, I just be feeling like, you know, like. What does that mean? Romanticizing. Romanticizing. It's just like, I don't really know the definition for it, but it's just mm-hmm. like, just making your present moment more than what it actually is. And like, maybe, you know, a little delusion, but like just making it seem like a movie, <laughs> like a fairy tale. Like, it's just like my life is like a fairy tale. Like, my life is the the love like the ideal and so like i don't know when i'm cooking i'd be like imagining myself like cooking for my husband and my family and my like you know my big house with mm-hmm. you know my rich career and i just be like feeling like i just came home from like you know a great productive day of work and i'm just you know preparing mm-hmm. a feast for my family and you know the kids are upstairs playing husbands you know mm-hmm. in his man cave you know mm-hmm. Bible study or something like that. I don't know what he's doing while I'm cooking, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So like when I'm cooking, that's what I'd be doing. I'd just be like romanticizing my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nice. Like it's fun. So like, you know, <laughs> oh imagine my, my future Girl, life. Girl, teach me how to do that. Because no. when I'm cooking, I'm like, I need to do this as quick as possible. No, listen, like when I'm cooking, like I really be like enjoying it. And it's Girl, also like a nice no. disconnect too, because when I'm cooking, like I'm just focusing on that and what I'm doing. And it's really like, I've like truly fallen in love with cooking. Um, so that's like something that like to answer like the balance between like hustle culture and soft life is just like hobbies are crucial for me. Um, and that balance and just like, you know, work life. Um, but yeah, hobbies have been crucial, but also like just having daily like routines for myself that like I'm able to like be consistent. Like I told you, like with just like the work and the productivity that like, you know, I'm trying to aim towards, but yeah, I think balance is essential because hustle culture can burn you out. But also like you said, too much excessive soft life can yeah. also lead to just like stagnancy. Yeah. So it's important to like find the balance between the two. Why do you think our lives have to be validated by our achievements? I don't think they should be. I feel like people, because we're in such like a society that's driven by that, mm-hmm. I feel like people find validation in it. But I don't think it's healthy. Like that's something I that I'm like so trying to heal within myself because I like was finding myself be- to become like so validated by my accomplishments and the things that I was doing or the accolades behind my name. But I found that like, it literally, like when I got there, I wasn't feeling anything. It was like, okay, now what? Like (laughs) I felt nothing. It was so unfulfilling. And I'm like, I can't keep living a life like this because I will literally be unfulfilled for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Because when I get like big accomplishments or things of that sort, it's just like, okay, now Mm -hmm. what's next? And it's like, no, like you cannot live this life. And so I don't think it's healthy to be validated by our accomplishments or our our achievements. It's it's essential to like celebrate yourself through them and like the things that you, um, you know, are aiming towards. But to like seek validation in it like that is not healthy at all Mm -hmm. and that's something that i'm trying to like heal within myself as well and i think i'm doing like the work to do it um and it's like becoming a better relationship with like accomplishment but yeah i don't i hate that like we live in a world and a society where like so much validation comes from just like what you have accomplished an achievement and i and i don't necessarily blame individuals as much as i do the collective because if you think about it the the we treat people with more better um and you know we don't necessarily value people that haven't done as much as the next person or haven't done it as fast as the next person which is also Mm -hmm. toxic in itself so child that is just yeah i feel like i feel like i'm like like we talked about it briefly Mm -hmm. i do stuff but i don't i don't take it to my head Mm, yeah like i never really feel anything 
Yeah. If that's that is that a weird thing? Yeah, no, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. It's like when I I recently just got um HBC White House Scholar Period. like <laughs> thanks. Snap snaps. <laughs> I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel it the way people responded to it. Mm. Because I'm like, this is work for me. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm doing this for the greater good. I'm mm. not doing this so I can say there's a plaque next to my name. I'm not doing it for a medal. I'm not doing it for a trophy. I'm literally doing it so that generations after me can have something better than what I've experienced. Like somebody did make sure that I had an experience that was better than theirs. And how can I give back and make sure that there's an experience that's better for them in the next generation. But, um, we've, we've had a really good conversation and, um, of course you're on voice of the generation podcast. So, um, what does it mean to have a voice in this generation? Mm. That's good. To have a voice in this generation means to have power. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, like we all have a voice in this generation. Like there is not like one person that doesn't have a voice. Absolutely. Um, whether or not you recognize it or not is a different mm. story, but we all have a voice with purpose. And so with that is power. You have influence um, and you have impact. Um, and something that I'm really passionate about within my work is empowering our generation to use their voices um, mm-hmm. as a tool for change, as a tool for um, impact and as a catalyst for purpose. Mm-hmm. And we all have something to be said or heard in whatever space that is like y- your voice has purpose. It has power. Mm-hmm. And that's something I'm super passionate about is to remind people of that mm-hmm. within their voices and to use it and to help people cultivate that within themselves. And yeah, that's what I think it means. And it, it means legacy, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. yeah, what do you think it means? <sighs> I always ask the question, but <laughs> this is... Uh, to have a voice in this generation, I think, means to be an expander of the world. Mm-hmm. I think everybody's an expander, and that's why you're here on this earth. Yeah, I don't think everybody always recognizes that they have a culture-shifting power that they are expanders and this is why we need this podcast now because somebody out there feels voiceless but the most voiceless people always have the most powerful testimonies that's good and we need you you're seen you're valued you're heard and i feel like you need a platform that that's going to help you cultivate that we didn't start off perfect right we had to we did something to fail to get here but there's always victory and triumph so yeah that's what having a voice in this generation means. Period. <laughs> I love that. That's Going good. back and getting somebody is, is so important, though. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't have a voice if you don't inspire, if you don't motivate, yes. if you don't educate. Those yes. are the three biggest things if you want to grow in this world. Yes. And, and if you don't bring people with you. Yes. Like, let's not yes. shut the door behind us. Yes. Like, yeah. earlier we off camera, we were talking about discipleship. And no, this is not a Christian podcast. <laughs> it just so happens that we keep talking about it. <laughs> But um, we were talking about discipleship and we were talking about how, you know, if we follow God's blueprint for mentoring, he mentored 12. They went and got somebody. And I'm sure that that just kept trickling down. If they didn't share those resources, if they didn't find voice, if they didn't show somebody that they had power and if they didn't expose their truth and stories, what would happen now? Would there be a book of the Bible? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, Yeah. yeah. It's, that's, it's just not to like, you know, no, no, go ahead. Keep going. But like to keep going. <laughs> 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 um, I feel like mentorship is so essential. 
um, especially as a leader, like mm. that should be top priority. Um, of course, alongside the work that you do, but to mentor um, and to build a better version of yourself into someone else, because mm-hmm. I would not be who I am if it weren't for, of course, one God, but two mentorship, like mentorship has been so crucial for me and my evolvement and my progress and my growing as a leader, as a woman of God, as a, as a human being, like leadership has been so essential for me. And so, or, or not leadership, mentorship yes. has been <laughs> so essential for me. Um, and it's just essential to everyone. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as a leader, it should be priority to mentor and to pour into somebody and to teach somebody. Um, and that's impact. That's legacy. That's that's legacy being imprinted um, into others, the things that you're able to pour into them. What would you tell the person who feels like they're starting to build their legacy, but they don't necessarily know where they want their legacy to go? Keep going. Um, your existence is legacy in itself. Um, your your name, people knowing your name. One the, the one person that you know. You're if even if. Even if it's an audience of one, that's legacy. Um, but yeah, I would say to just keep going, trust the process, um, and figuring it out yourself. I feel like a lot of um, legacy starts with you know knowing and understanding who you are um, and who you were meant to be. So yeah. I feel like, and it, it's not something that happens overnight um, mm-hmm. at all. It's a it's a process and it's a journey. So I think my biggest piece of advice would be to keep going, to stay curious, not only about the world but about yourself. Um, keep asking yourself the big questions um, and find people to connect to um, and build community with others because I think that's a really big piece of legacy. That is important. Yeah. Girl, you did your thing today. You did your thing. <laughs> you did your thing. You're doing your thing. <laughs> Thanks, girl. You yeah. are too. <laughs> but thank you so much for joining me. Yeah. Um, this episode will air, well, this episode will air on a Tuesday, but um, join us every Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah. For another episode of Voice of the Generation.